Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Mission Control. I'm your host, Paul Schmidt, here with my co-host, Cindy Kangas. And this show is all about talking about the ins and outs of and the fundamentals of developing and using or not using, but working in a nonprofit and all the aspects that go along with it. And today uh, we have a special nonprofit involved. Um, but one of the, the key themes of today's program is going to talk about branding and especially in the in the case of rebranding and refreshing your brand. And so our our uh, our organization we're going to be talking with today is Helping Women Period, which is a local Lansing, Michigan based nonprofit. They've been around for about five years, but I'm not going to go into all their history. I'm going to let the executive director talk about it. But before we get into that, Cindy, how are you? I'm doing well. (laughs) I'm excited to be here. I always love chatting with you, Paul, and I love the nonprofit community in the area. We all um, we all know each other and we all want to lift each other up. So it's always exciting to be here. Awesome. Awesome. And as, as Cindy, as Cindy uh, alluded to, she is, uh, she works at a nonprofit. She's been in the nonprofit world for, well, I'm not going to give the years, but for a while and also for, (laughs) for, for, for a, um, but so much so that you're like in the room where it happens for a lot of these organizations. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, the branding element. Now, knowing um, your history and the organizations that you worked with, what are the, some things that you've you've seen um, when it comes to rebranding or refreshing a brand um, from your from your uh, observation? Yeah. Well, let's talk about branding. You know, just. Overall, stand back big picture, it's really how you're engaging members, you're you're engaging your demographic because you want to increase donations, you want to maximize your impact, you want to motivate, you want to stand out, um, and you want to have some sort of um, way to show your integrity, your ethics, your mission. And a lot of times people think, you know, it's it's just a logo, but it's really not. It's, It's really a feeling that people feel when they see your logo and they instantly recognize, oh, you know, that's this company and I trust them and I know exactly what they stand for. Um, You know, a lot of times when you come from a national nonprofit, like, you know, the Comans of the world and the junior achievements of the world, um, you know, on a national level, they just kind of decide what the brands are and all of the individual locations just kind of have to follow those brands. But when you have an individual local nonprofit, you have a little bit more freedom to create your own brand, which which is interesting. You know, it, you know, a lot of times people are just kind of handed their materials, they're handed their branding and and off they go. But it's not as easy for the small nonprofit. I've also seen a lot of um, branding changes. I work for a nonprofit right now and we're celebrating our 30th anniversary. So a lot of times branding isn't just about changing um, a logo, but it's also about celebrating a special occasion. And it's not anything 
huge, but sometimes it's just a small something to acknowledge that anniversary. When you think about Disney World and they have a big um, anniversary celebration and they paint the castle a different color or they add the little 30 or the little 50 on something, that's again part of their rebranding for a special occasion. So really I would think, you know, as nonprofits are deciding on their brand, they're bringing in their board, they're bringing in their stakeholders, they're bringing in their tar target audience, and they're deciding on their goals and they're deciding how best to um, share with the community who they are and how to be recognizable. That's awesome. Now, those are really good points. And one of the things that um, is that I've come across in my field is the fact that we have to make sure that the materials that we create as a video company, I guess I should have mentioned that at the beginning, that that's what I do, um, is that we have to have those elements in place to help tell that story appropriately. If those aren't in place and you change it midway, we have to change what we're doing. And so that is one of the things that we talk about with the organizations that we work with as well is like, um, if you're going through a rebrand or refresh or rebrand, let's hold off on producing videos until you have the idea of what you want to, um, how you want these materials to look. But anyway, those are good points, Cindy. And I think it's time now to bring on our nonprofit guest, Helping Women Period. So stay tuned after this. And we're going to talk with Lizney Tate of Helping Women Period. Well, welcome back. Um, this is our Second episode. Welcome to our second episode, Lizney. This is Lizney Tate of Helping Women, period. But before I talk about anything more about Helping Women, period, tell us in the audience who Helping Women, period, is and as much as you can. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm really glad to be here. Um, Helping Women, period, is a local Michigan nonprofit that provides menstrual products to homeless and low-income people in the mid-Michigan area. Um, we have been around for about five years. Um, I always call us an accidental nonprofit because we started, we didn't plan to start a nonprofit. It was just kind of happenstance. So we didn't plan any logos or branding or anything like that to begin with. Um, we, my co-founder um, co and I, my co-founder is Amy Stevenson, and we were both saw an article on Facebook in January of 2015, and it talked about the lack of product for homeless women. And we thought, we didn't know what to do. We thought we had never thought of that as being an issue before. Like we had given soup, we had given macaroni and cheese to um, the local uh, food pantries, but we had never thought about giving pads or tampons. And um, we thought this was a travesty and we had to do something about it. So, um, we decided we'd hold a breakfast for 30 of our closest friends and hit them up for some donations and buy some cases off of Amazon and give it to the local shelter. So we put this event on Facebook on a Sunday. And on Tuesday, we had to change the venue because we had 100 people coming, not 30 that would fit in the place that we had um, first talked to. And then on Thursday, we filed nonprofit paperwork because we had people from all over the U.S. who wanted to donate money to us, and we wanted to be as transparent as possible um, with what we were doing with those funds. So that's what that's how we got started. And then we had our breakfast. We raised about four thousand dollars at that first breakfast, and 
um, we're gobsmacked. <laughs> um, we decided we didn't want to just, we wanted to keep things local. So we talked to a local janitorial supply company, um, Mishko, and he said, I will sell you 100 cases at wholesale, if, but you have to buy 100 cases. So we bought 100 cases and put them in our living rooms and in our cars and tried to figure out how we were going to distribute this product. Um, because we we were just two middle-aged moms, like we had no idea, we hadn't been involved in the homeless community or low income. So then we started working with charities in the area, food banks, schools, shelters, um, support groups like um, Boys and Girls Club. And so now we work with over 150 of those programs in seven, six counties. And um, we distributed 500,000 items this year so far. So there's a need and we're here. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So, I mean, you know, what's funny is that you call yourself an accidental nonprofit. I think that's, it's probably apt for a lot of folks, but I mean, you're really a grassroots organization. I mean, starting with a wing and a prayer. I mean, this is started by you guys. There's no other helping women period organizationally or chain wise. So talk a little bit about um, how did that adjustment for you go from, okay, because you were just, you now you're in the executive director role or you're officially an executive director before it was like, okay, I'm still a volunteer. I guess I'm an executive director. <laughs> so, so talk about that transition. I mean, from like, okay, we're just going to help off some people out to, oh my gosh, we've got multiple counties with multiple needs and multiple voices giving us a call. Yeah, I never thought I'd be interested in supply chain management or forecasting or um, any of that. I was I was a re retired English teacher. <laughs> and um, so I didn't ever expect to like spreadsheets or be interested in any of the other things that happen. It's been a very interesting um, journey. And um, I, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, there's so much to say, but I don't know how to get the words out. Um, it, it's, I've learned so much about marketing and branding and um, why all these things are important to have in your, um, as part of your brand and how to, um, get the word out about what we do and how to get the word about about how we get funded because we're a donation-based group we don't we have like 10 percent of our um, budget is grants and 10 percent is in-kind donations and all the rest is individual donations and uh, so we need to get the word out and we need to get the word out too so that we can um, get rid of the stigma of period products so yeah, I was I was just going to ask that, Lizney, because I I mean people will get to the food bank, but you know talking about menstruation and pads, I mean it's not something that a lot of people are comfortable talking about, and we really need to change the dialogue. Can you talk about how you you share your message and your mission with people? Well, I think because I've been doing this for five years, it seems a little less difficult to say those things and to talk about it. Um, and people are more receptive, I think, but I don't know if that's just because I don't care 
if they're not now, I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep talking about it anyway. But um, I do have some, like there, I have one food bank where I have to give them retail packages if I can, because the guys that hand out the product there don't want to say, do you want a pad or a tampon? They just show them the package and then hand it to them. And, um, but we're working on them. <laughs> they're getting closer to being able to talk about it. But mm -hmm. people are, like when I do the mobile food banks and hand products to people in their cars, um, they're so excited about it. And I never thought that it would be something that people would like do a happy dance. Like, I've been waiting to see you, they say. And so, um, yeah, I just think the more we talk about it, the less stigmatized it'll be. And Well, let me ask you that. I mean, how, how crucial is what you're doing for, I mean, I mean, obviously you have to f look at local and trying to supply the local area. How serious of a situation, um, for those who don't know, how serious of a situation is this? Well, it's, it's a public health issue. I mean, if people don't have the product they need, they're going to use things that are not sanitary, like um, paper towels or toilet paper or um, socks or old t-shirts. And those people who are the most vulnerable who don't have the money to buy these products also don't have good health insurance, right? So if they use those products and they get sick, they're not going to go to the doctor. And then it becomes mm -hmm. an economic issue too, because these people who, if you don't have a pad, you're going to go to, I mean, you'll leak, you know, like you'll either not go to work because you don't have the product that you need and, or, you know, you're just, I don't know, it just makes people not work or not contribute to society because they have to stay home and take care of what they have to do there. So the more we can get people these products that they need, which is a matter of dignity and self-sufficiency, the better the economy is going to be because they can keep working. And they don't go to the doctor, you know. Right. Well, how how... How big is your your region? I mean, wh 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 where do you reach? I mean, there, unfortunately, even though you could probably go wherever, you're, there's a limit to physically what you can do. So, right. So, right. What so you I cover Ingham, Eaton, Clinton, Shiawassee, Gratiot, and Calhoun. And Gratiot and Calhoun counties are newer, so we're not in as many places there. But we're starting to trickle out there. Um, and really I get 60 emails a month asking from all over the U S asking what I do, how I do it, if I can give them product to their groups or if I can give product to individuals. Um, and it, there is such a need, you know, like one in five, um, women, one in five of the homeless women in the, I can't even, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it just went out of my head. That's okay. Anyway, sixty percent of the homeless people in the Lansing area are women. Mm. Like fourteen to twenty-five. So that's. I mean, that's. Those are menstruating ages. So you know mm -hmm. they really need our product. Yeah. Wow. Well. 
we're about to talk a little bit more about moving, you know, about what Helping Women has done to refresh your brand. And as the, the, the next segment, we're going to bring on your marketing specialist, Rose Tantrapol from Moonsail North. And we'll let her talk a little bit about Moonsail North and what you guys did to refresh your brand. So um, stay tuned after this. All right, welcome back. And we brought in Rose from Moonsail North who helped Lizney at Helping Women, period, uh, refresh her brand. So before we get into the ins and outs and the nuts and bolts of refreshing the brand, Rose, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to our audience if they have not heard of you or what you guys do? Paul, thank you so much for the invite. It's so great to be here with you and Cindy and Lizney. Um, I could talk about branding all day, so I'm, I'm really uh, excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> um, yeah, my name is Rose Tantrapol. I am the co-founder and CEO of Moonsail North. We are a marketing communications and branding agency. We launched in 2015 and we focus on storytelling and strategy. And our passion is to help organizations communicate and grow, right? Organizations like Helping Women, period. You know, um, it's so hard to tell your own story so often. And what we love to do is to, you know, to take a step back and say, wow, this, you know, your story is so um, compelling and you are, your, your services are impacting so many people. How can we um, pull all that together, you know, in a way that, that, that uh, spreads the word? So, um, you know, we, uh, we have a full stack of uh, marketing communications and um, public relations services. And, uh, you know, branding is one of the uh, services we offer. And it's been such a treat to work with uh, Lizney and Helping Women, period. Awesome. So I guess it's time for the nuts and bolts. <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit about um, what you guys, well, let's take a look at, I know this is probably going to, let's take a look at what the original logo looked like. This is the original logo. Of course, I had to pull it from the web, so you're not seeing the word period, but this is a, what was the decision, first of all, Lizney, with your initial logo? So our initial logo was created by um, a woman that was a friend of Amy's, and we had just called her up and said, hey, we're going to start this thing. Like, this is even before our breakfast, it was just, um, when things start, really started moving and we're like, this is what we're doing. And this lady said, I know exactly what you need. And she sent us this logo and we're like, okay, that's perfect for us because she looks, um, you want to help that girl in that picture. You know, she just is so, there's something compelling about her. And um, Pam told us later that the reason she um, created this logo was that she had a daughter who was, um, homeless for a while, heroin addict, and she's like, I know that my daughter would have needed your products, and so this is the picture that I see in my head as soon as you said what you said. So it's, I mean, it was a lovely logo, and I really, I love this girl, and I was really sad to see her go, but um, it was something we really needed to do, too. Awesome, awesome. So the rebranding process. Now, you, you, Lizzie, you just said that you wanted to move to something new. What what was the what was the process of doing that like? I mean, how well, did this how did this come about? 
part of the reason we wanted to um, change our logo is that it wasn't representative of the people we serve or the people who help us serve. And um, it's it's a really nice white girl, <laughs> but that's you know, there's more to um, our demographics than that. And so we thought it was right after um, the Black Lives Matter movement started and we really wanted to take a look at what we were doing and how we were doing it and what our what we were giving to the world, you know, what our face was. And I thought, you know, some of my friends who are black don't want to wear a white girl on their shirt. And so then I said, I said, reached out to Moonsail and said, we need to change this. Can you help us? Because I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, I do know what to do. I called them and said, hey, help me. <laughs> that's that's great. Well, I'm gonna um, also. Uh, I know that for our for our audio audience, they're not going to be able to see this, but um, I just put up the logo, the new logo of Helping Women. Period. I used the social logo, um, but Rose, tell me a little bit about your process with designing this. What was I mean? Lisnia came to you with a very valid concern. Yeah. So how did you shape this? Yeah, and I, I just, I want to give props to Lizney because, you know, Lizney talks about how Helping Women Period is an accidental nonprofit um, and how, you know, she, marketing has never, you know, was not, not originally what, you know, in any an area that Lizney was well-versed in. But I want to give props to Lizney because what Lizney did in making that decision that a rebrand was the best thing for the nonprofit was one of the hardest things for anyone to do. Right. I mean, if you, I love the story that the original um, logo meant so much to the founders of the organization, to Lizney and to Amy, and it was born of this magical moment when two people who didn't know each other had this, the same idea and came together, and they worked with a designer who had a vision of someone who would be a recipient of these services in in our communities, and I think that really speaks to how there was a compelling story that drove that original logo. Um, it's a it's a very valid story. It's a beautiful story. Um, but what Lizney did around the five year inflection point of the nonprofit was to make that hard call for a logo she loved to say, does this speak to who we are? You know, and whether or not you're, you know, I I, I know folks who are well versed in marketing and PR, and they probably there are many who would not have made that hard choice because they were so emotionally attached. And I think that's a you know it's 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 a really um, it's a really strong move that, that Lizney took. And the reason why it's so important is because um, a logo is part of the brand experience, right? A brand is, um, you know, as Paul and Cindy were saying earlier uh, uh, during this session, um, you know, people know a nonprofit, they know an organization based on, um, you know, the name recognition, the logo, um, you know, based on sort of the reputation they feel this organization has. And the logo itself is the visual representation of that entire experience. It carries this huge job of like, you know, um, who is this organization? What is the reputation? Um, you know, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll briefly talk about a non nonprofit, uh, a company that makes a ton of money, Apple. I'm on a MacBook, uh, a MacBook right now. Um, when you think about a brand, it's not just the, um, you know, it's not just the logo and the name and the reputation. It's also a feeling, right? Um, when you walk into an Apple store, there's a certain feeling. When you carry an Apple package, there's a certain feeling. Uh, stores have smells that are associated with it. 
And as Helping Women Period grew, that experience grew so tremendously because of the strength and the generosity of the volunteers and the donors in the communities um, who Lisney was helping uh, and Helping Women Period was, you know, the, the everyone that Helping Women Period was servicing was also growing. And there came a time when suddenly this visual representation of the nonprofit was no longer reflective. And I think taking that first step is one of the hardest steps to take. Um, you know, for, for an individual like Lisney and for an organization like Helping Women Period. So I, I want to really um, applaud you because it's, it's the hardest step. Um, so once, so given that that really hard step was something that Lisney decided to take, um, then we, it became a collaborative process. Um, and, you know, what we did was uh, worked with Lisney and, um, and a special advisory group that she pulled to, uh, that represented Helping Women Period to talk about what what brand story we were saying we were going to share. You know, what was the organizational story behind Helping Women Period that we wanted to share? So there's the big big picture question of who are you now, Helping Women Period, that we started with, and then there were the questions of what kind of visual aesthetics uh, do you as a group feel would support that story? And I just want to say one thing about that: um, unless someone's a sole proprietorship or say a political candidate running for office, it's rare that a logo represents one person. Um, and again, get to give props to Lisney. Lisney could have come in and said, I like these colors and I like this aesthetic and I want the new logo to look like this. But Lisney understood that a brand, you know, a new logo has to represent who Helping Women Period is, not necessarily what Lisney personally likes, right? So this group, um, by, by, by pulling this group together, um, Lisney was able to pull together a group that could collectively say, okay, here's what we think the organization stands for, and here's what we think would service, um, you know, that organization in terms of a visual identity. So from there, we were able to pull together concepts. And I will say that um, we could have never done it without the help of um, Moonsail because you were very good at ex um, extrapolating all that information. Like, we were able to just talk and talk and talk and then you guys took everything that we said and like synthesized it and that was I think that's a huge part of doing this kind of work <laughs> yeah yeah and you know Lizzie it's really hard to do it for yourself right um mm -hmm. our, you know uh Moon Cell North is uh was launched in 2015 and we actually had our own rebrand you know at, at our five-year inflection point um uh, we we did a brand refresh versus an entire overhaul. Uh, we kept our logo and our name and our brand identity, but the colors didn't speak to us anymore. And that process was so difficult to do for ourselves. Um, so I, I you know I, I know it from both sides to say that it's so much easier if you have someone working with you who who knows you but isn't you as the organization to be able to like have that take that step back. Um, so yeah, uh, Paul, I, I know you you were kind of alluding to mechanics earlier and and. I would say the once we got through the big decision, and then once we got through the collaborative brainstorms that that really spoke to who Helping Women Period is today, then we were able to get into the nitty gritty, right? Um, and we were able to develop different concepts that spoke to, um, you know, uh, that's brand that story of Helping Women Period today, but from different aesthetic um, angles. So. Um, you know, that involved some mind mapping. It involved different concepting of different logos. It also involved looking at other organizations around the country who do this and just to get a sense of the landscape, right? Um, 
you know, when corporate America does this, they're looking at it from a competitor point of view. What do our competitors do? When a nonprofit like Helping Women Period does it, it's to better understand the space that Helping Women Period occupies here in our communities. You know, what do other communities who serve, uh, you know, um, people in need around the country do just so that we could we could uh, kind of calibrate where Helping Women Period is and where it could go. So, yeah, Lizzie, do you want to talk a little bit about? <laughs> um, sure. It's we have had such good response to our new logo, um, and I like having two. You know, we have the social media one that's just the initials, and then we have the bigger one. And um, I think it really helps when I'm doing posts for Instagram and. Facebook and stuff to have this social one. Um, anyway, it's it's been it's been very good. Paul, can I jump and I only, in and, and oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I only had I've only had two complaints about getting rid of the girl, and one was my dad's. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Family's always a critic. Always a critic. So, what was it you wanted to bring up, uh, Rose? Yeah, I, I wanted to uh, kind of build off of Lizney's comment um, and, and Paul's comment earlier that, you know, you'll be showing the social media version and the full version. So um, when you're doing a brand identity, when you're doing a logo in this day and age, you have to think about different mediums. And, you know, one, one thing I see really young designers sometimes do is because we live in such a digital world, um, they, they have these beautiful designs that are gorgeous and have all sorts of um, shading and the design works beautifully on a screen. And if you were to try to translate that to a mug that you're giving away, um, you know, or a tote that you're giving away, that becomes, you're having to retool the whole logo. And so one thing that we always do uh, when we work with organizations is to understand that the, the logo has to be able to play in different environments, digital, certainly print, um, uh, you know, giveaway items, and so that's why you have a wide version, which is the, uh, you know, the, the full version of Helping Women Period, where you see that stylized drip underneath the P in period um, that, you know, hints at the, the realities of a, of a monthly menstrual cycle. Um, and and when, you pull, when you go to a social media environment where you have, say, uh, the, just a small uh, uh, profile image or a small avatar, we have uh, the version where, you know, you have uh, HWP and that stylized drip contained within the the, the very vibrant fuchsia um, circle, so that you can so that Lizney, as she noted, has options. You know, um, she doesn't have to try. You should never try to squish a wide logo into a very small circular space. Um, and so, you know, part of the sort of some of the mechanics around developing a logo is to have a brand kit, right? A whole logo kit where you have the brand guidelines, you have Pantone. Um, specifications. You have um, the different uh, uh, file types for color, full color environments, for black and white environments, uh, for digital. Um, when you get to printing, you want versions for coded and uncoded paper. So, you know, those are some of the mechanics behind what you have to do when you're done with, um, you know, the process, that hard process of, of finding that new uh, identity, that new logo. Awesome. Well, and another thing that um, you were very helpful with was the uh, the font because our last font was very stylized and it was hard to read if you were doing a big um, post with 
trying to keep the same font going in the other post. But um, now we have this one, and it's so clean and clear, and um, it's easy to read. <laughs> well, thank yes. you, thank you both. I mean, that's that's pretty much we've hit hit our hit our time frame here. I really enjoyed the story of how this was all developed, and I think that it's it's a testament to how the relationship between the designer and or the brand architect and uh, the nonprofit organization, that relationship, how that has to be. And I thought that's, you know, it was really key. And communication is the key to making sure that that happens so that the brand architect or, how, or the marketing person understands the story. So, so before we let you go, Disney, is there anything more you want to mention? You want people to go? How, they, how can they reach you? How can they figure out how to help Helping Women, period? Well, you can go to our website. It's www.helpingwomenperiod.org. Um, we also have a link to our volunteer opportunities. Um, we do two food banks a month, and um, have, we need people to stuff bags for that. We need people to hand out bags at the food banks, um, especially lately because of the whole COVID and not having enough um, well, a, a lot of more people are on unemployment and our lines at the food bank have been huge. And last time we ran out of food at 1030 and we usually go till noon. So um, having more volunteers there would be great. So. Awesome. Well, we thank you both for being able to take some time out of your day to be able to talk with Cindy and I. And that is the end of our program for today. If you want more of what we're doing, please, uh, Check out Mission Control on the introduce.com website, as well as it's on YouTube, uh, as well as all your podcasting platforms that you can think of. That is where this will be. So we haven't really quite decided on if this is just going to be a semi-weekly show, bi-weekly, but stay tuned. We will let you know what's going on with that. But any any, any last words, Cindy? Oh, no. I just, I, I'm uh, thank <laughs> Thank you. I think it was amazing. I think you guys are amazing. The branding and the mission, the narrative, everything. I think it's great. I, I, I wish you the best. Thank awesome. you. Well, thank you guys both once again for being here. Check out helpingwomenperiod.org. Check out Moonsail North and all the work that they do. And we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.